What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Booby Gibson. I'm Josh Craig. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. In other news, the Zips losing streak has continued. Just had to be against the electric chickens, didn't it? In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. (laughs) Have you ever tried DMT? (laughs) And, of course, the hottest takes. I want Baker Mayfield because he solidifies what Cleveland is. It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? I woke up feeling dangerous. You know, bro. Hard on pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer to the best of the Akron Zips. Now it's time for SPT. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. This is Sports Power Talk Live on 88.1. My name is Jeff Longville. I will be the host of your show today. Joining me are my analysts. First, we have Michael Matthews. Man, I just got back from Miami. Why is it so cold outside? <laughs> I'm Why wondering so the same cold? thing, man. And this is like good weather for right. this time. Like, it's not fair. It's a heat wave up here. Yeah. And also joining me, Dan Grone. How's it going, everyone? We got a packed show for you guys today. We're going to start off talking about some March Madness. Then we're going to go into the Cavs and the NBA and then end it talking about the NFL, the free agency, and the draft. But first, let's start with what has probably been the most notable uh, topic concerning the University of Akron. Of course, the Zips did win the MAC this year and went on to the NCAA tournament where they were a 13 seed and found themselves matched up against 4 seed UCLA. The Zips did fall short, losing 57-53 to in the first round. Uh, but they played an absolutely terrific game. Couldn't really ask much more from them. What did you guys think about the Zips' March Madness appearance? They really played their hearts out. Um, I thought that they would be a team, definitely, that could potentially pull off the upset. Um, they played really well defensively. UCLA struggled from the field quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And we just played a really good defensive game. And unfortunately, some questionable calls at the end that I will admit um, ended up changing the complete outcome of the game because Enrique Freeman, pretty much our top uh, rebounder and biggest threat in the paint, fouled out, and that completely changed everything. Um, But you know what? It was such a great season for the Zips. Uh, They went this far. They're a very young team, and I expect them to be back next year. So um, despite a heartbreaking loss, I can't say I'm all that disappointed. Absolutely. I feel like this was a hard-fought loss, unfortunately, but it's still a win. Like, we we got right. to this point. This is something that Zips Athletics, we're going to look back on this and remember this year. This was huge for us. Uh, just talking about the game, though, I don't want to be this guy, but I'm going to be this guy. Um, I don't want to call him out, Ali Ali, but when you play 36 minutes and you are basically our primary scorer, you should not end up with five points at the end of this game. Yeah, mm-hmm. Simple as that. You just shouldn't. 36 minutes, you played almost the entire game at this point. 
and you have five points. And you know what's interesting about that is uh, UCLA's head coach, Mick Cronin, actually the day before, said that Ali Ali's game reminded him a little bit of Kevin Durant's. Yeah. And obviously you don't expect Kevin Durant to go out there and only score five points. He's not doing that. He's yeah. just not. And it's unfortunate, but like I said before, this is something that we're all going to look back on. We're still going to celebrate. This is not – it's almost like a moment where you feel like maybe I'm not even supposed to be here right now. So I'm going to enjoy this moment while I can. And right. the fact that our team is very young, they're all – right now they're all juniors or younger. Mm-hmm. I think there might be only one junior. I'm not 100% sure, but we are very young. And so we only have room to grow, and I think that next year will be just as good, if not better, defensively, and hopefully a lot more improved on the offensive end in terms of consistency. Yes, consistency mm-hmm. is key. It is key. If we were consistent throughout this game, we're moving on to the round of 32. Right, absolutely. Because yeah, we were ahead for most of it. Yeah. Every, for all the way up until the end, every time UCLA scored and kind of broke that cold streak, we had an answer for it. And it's the refs that also, you know, play their part. One thing I will say about this whole March Madness tournament, it made me realize how much I hate officiating in college basketball. Everything's yeah. a foul. <laughs> Everything. Mm-hmm. Any type of contact, nope, that's a foul. Yeah, they seem to be a lot more relaxed with that over the last year, mm-hmm. uh, last year or two in the NBA. But in college, it's like everything gets called a foul. And that, like I said, I think a lot of them were very questionable. Some of them weren't even being called at the beginning yeah. of the game. And they started calling them toward the end, which again, led to Freeman fouling out. But, um, yeah, I think we'll be back next year. Mm -hmm. And to further comment on the Zips March Madness appearance, here's Coach John Gross. Uh, Obviously, we're disappointed. I know these guys are to my right. The guys back in the locker room, I am as well. But I think my biggest disappointment is I don't get to keep coaching this team. Uh, Over the last nine games, I told them back in the locker room, it's about as much. I've had some really good teams. I've been very blessed fortunate and had some great teams to be around and coach and that I really enjoyed but this one's right up there uh, at the top over the last nine games and it's because of the character of guys like these two guys and the guys that are back in that locker room so that's the most disappointing thing obviously the loss disappointing as well I thought we had a chance to win it I thought in some ways and aspects deserved to win it but that's not the way it works sometimes. You know, obviously give them credit. I thought a couple guys stepped up for them and made big shots late in the game. I thought Campbell's three was huge. Um, you know, we had, our, we had our chances. Defensively, I thought we were spectacular, quite frankly. And then offensively, we had some empty possessions here and there um, that we'll probably take a look at at some point in time and wish we could have back. But, you know, that's the way it works. I'm proud of our guys. For how hard they fought. I thought we were super physical. I thought we played together. And, uh, you know, as X said after the game in the locker room there, we, we win together, we lose together. It's what we do. So, um, you know, obviously this one didn't go our way. And, and we got to figure out how to use it in some ways. This span over the nine games, I, you know, I told them you want to go, you know, Proverbs says you want to go fast, you, you go alone, you want to go far, you go together. So hopefully they've they've learned that over the last nine games. You know, the opportunities that we had were a lot, had a lot to do with the character of the guys and the fact that they stuck together and played together and they were a a real team. And so, um, you know, I feel blessed to have uh, coached this particular team. Starting the back. Jake Murren, WZIP Akron. Question for Coach John Gross. 
what a season, what a game this was. What was the sentiment in the locker room after the game? And you said you had won some aspects of the game. Can you elaborate on that? What aspects were you talking about? Um, I think the locker room, when, when, you, when you put what you put into this like we do, all of us together, players, staff, support staff, I mean, it's a total team effort. There's a lot of people involved in this from our administration to support staff and staff and players and, you know, just a ton of people that are involved to do something like we were able to do and have the opportunity to compete today. So when you do that, it hurts, right? It's supposed to hurt because you invest a lot. You make a heck of a commitment across the board. Um, So I think there was a sense of disappointment. I told them that was normal. Um, I'd be disappointed if they weren't disappointed. You know, we believed that we uh, could win the game. We prepared that way. Um, And it just fell a few points short. Marla Ridenauer, Akron Beacon Journal. Yeah, Enrique, what... What do you think? I mean, you're, he talked about how good your defense was. What? I mean, how did you guys keep up the physical nature the whole time? And what do you think happened down at the end that enabled them to take over? Um, just like Coach, I think they hit some tough, sh- some really good shots at the end of the game. Uh, Campbell with that three stepped up, hit some good shots. Uh, I think our defense was pretty good tonight. And as a team, we worked together to try to make something happen great. And, and Xavier, you came through with big baskets every time um, you basically needed one. Um, how was, what were you feeling like about that? And did that add any pressure down the stretch when your team was probably looking for you? Uh, no. My mentality was just to win the whole entire game, um, defensively, offensively, you know, just win the possession. Uh, that was basically my mentality going throughout the game. Jeff Longwell, WZIP Akron. Question for Coach. Um, do you think the success you had this season is something you can build on for next season? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We do. I'm absent. haven't had a ton of time to think about that because our focus has been on what we're doing right now, what's in front of us. Um, and that was the game today. So, but yeah, we'll find, we always, we take pride in trying to find a way to take everything that we go through. And that's why we've been able to think this group's been able to deal with roster changes and COVID cancellations and postponements and three games in five days, three or more times when only two or three teams in the league did that. We were one of them, you know, um, guys coming out of quarantine playing, um, pretty quickly, you know, obviously through protocol and playing, you know, uh, sacrificing for the team. So we've been through a lot. Um, I think it galvanized our group, made us even more together certainly something that we can that we can build on when we get a chance to reflect and we will do that right now it's just you know not the time if there's any questions on zoom go ahead and raise your hand we'll uh, take one after this next question in the room andy decoff portland tribune um coach uh just talk a little bit about a game like this on this stage an ncaa tournament game uh the nightcap against a program like ucla what does that do and then to perform like this and that as well, what does that do for uh, the program prestige of a, of a school like Akron? Well, I mean, these guys, they got we got to the point where over the last nine games, I mean, we believed that we could beat anybody. By the way that we prepared, how together we were, we were a team. Um, you know, that's kind of how we operated. So I hope that people enjoyed watching these guys as much as I enjoyed coaching them. Uh, 
because it's a special group, um, pretty obviously tough and together. I mentioned all those things already. I mean, so, you know, obviously I hope the people back at home, and I think they did, because we represented the city of Akron, obviously, today. We represented the university, um, all the students that have gone there before currently, and, you know, hopefully they enjoyed, we brought a smile to their face a little bit because, you know, where, where we're from, it's, you know, you got to earn stuff. It's blue collar. It's that's the way that Northeast Ohio is. And so this team, I think that relationship with Northeast Ohio, I mean, I hope they hope they enjoyed watching this team because I think it embodied a lot of the values that are a part of our community. Marlon. Um, yeah, for you two players, I just wondered, there was a lot of upsets earlier in the day. Did you I mean, I know you guys were confident, but were you aware of any of that? You know, that just maybe that added some fuel or excitement to what lay ahead uh no i think i I wasn't aware i was really we were very locked in on today's game so um i think the last game four or five games we've always been picked to be the other dog so this is nothing new so we just came in it like how we go every game any other questions in the back Jake Murren, WZIP. Question for Enrique. I know you fouled out late in the game, about two minutes left. I know it could have been could have been harder. Um, watching your team go out there with those two minutes, being on the bench, what was that like? Um, a part of me, you know, was a little disappointed in fouling out, and then uh, a part of me also knew I can trust my team and to cheer them on to get it done. Great words of wisdom from head coach John Gross along with the Akron Zips players. Of course, um, I, along with our sports director, Jake Murren, did make the trip out to Portland along with our promotions director, uh, Lanny Miller, who's on the cheerleading team. Um, it was an incredible experience going to Portland, being able to cover the Zips as well as March Madness as a whole. Um, got to see a lot of great teams play. I actually got a picture with Andy Katz, wow. which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Akron-UCLA game was the best game that I saw. I mean, it was cool to see, like, Gonzaga play. Like, I got to see Chet Holmgren and uh, Drew Timmy play, but they mm-hmm. destroyed Georgia State in the second half. Um, incredible efforts from the Zips. Portland is a city. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there if I were you guys. Uh, like, our hotel was, it had its own block, and the surrounding blocks were, like, these buildings that I couldn't tell you what they were supposed to be. Right. Um, I didn't see the sun hmm. at all. Uh, the Moda Center, <laughs> the Moda Center was cool, but that was about it. Um, but the experience I had covering uh, college basketball was just fantastic. Um, of course, like we brought up earlier, uh, with Akron versus UCLA, uh, Akron was winning... They were up by eight with about 7.53 left to play. Mm -hmm. And then Jules Bernard and Tiger Campbell hit threes down the stretch, including one by Tiger that was actually a logo three. Yeah, I didn't actually realize at the time it was that far back because where we were situated was on the second level on the opposite baseline, and the other basket was in the way. So, like, Mm -hmm. I saw the shot go in, but I didn't realize where he was standing until I saw it back on social media later, and I was like, oh, wow, that that was one heck of a shot. Right. And then, of course, Enrique Freeman, the MAC Defensive Player of the Year, fouling out with 224 left. Obviously, didn't bode well for Akron. But like I said, Akron played their hearts out. Uh, they didn't get blown out like another 14 seed. Mm-hmm. Longwood that lost to Tennessee. So the question is, 
What is next for the Zips? What do you guys think uh, the Zips will be doing going forward after this performance? Well, I mean, I kind of touched on this earlier, so I, I'll say it again. We have a very young team that is excellent defensively. Um, none of them are graduating, and so I think they'll be right back to where they were, and they can only improve offensively. I think they're going to be just as good, if not better, on the defensive end. Uh, and offensively, you just want to see more consistency, and hopefully you'll see more uh, 40-minute games being played because that was my biggest takeaway from this season was for as good as we were, there were a lot of games where we were down at half and or vice versa. We had a lead, and then we just kind of blew it at the end. So yeah. if we were to play a full two-half, 40-minute game with more offensive consistency, I think we'll be right back to where we were, if not better. This is where the coaching staff and players proved that this was not a fluke. This is how we do it all over again. Not only just building the chemistry, but actually developing the players you already have. Not, you know, you have to recruit yeah. always. This is college sports. You have to recruit always. How about developing the players you have while they're here? We have Aziz on the bench who is seven foot. Mm-hmm. Once he's able to have that soft, that soft touch at the rim, that, you know, fancy footwork in the post, still being able to out-rebound everyone, blocking every shot, that's a huge threat. That takes a lot off of Enrique Freeman as well. Enrique doesn't have to play, you know, 38 minutes and end up fouling out if you can just put Aziz out there and trust in him to grab those boards, to get those blocks. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Just developing the players you have as well as recruiting. That's how we get all the way back. I was kind of surprised he wasn't used more in that game, especially toward the end there when he was in foul trouble. I think Coach Gross is very adamant about putting players out there that he trusts. And I don't know if that trust is there just yet. Mm-hmm. But that's that's going to have to happen, right? Like, it has to happen. It'll only get better. Right. I agree. Um, let's go ahead and focus on March Madness as a whole. Just go over a couple highlights. 15 seed St. Peter's beat number two seed Kentucky mm-hmm. in the first round. <laughs> uh, thanks, uh, Coach Cal, for breaking my bracket <laughs> on the very first day. I had Kentucky going to the Final Four. So yeah, I think everyone's was really done cool. after that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, the Peacocks are going to the Sweet 16 mm-hmm. now. Wow. So, I mean... I guess that takes a little bit of the sting away from Kentucky because at least they didn't only beat Kentucky, but still, you know. Another 15 seed beating a two seed. Where have I seen that before? Yeah. Speaking of the Ohio State Buckeyes, they, as a seven seed, did beat 10 seed Loyola Chicago 54 to 41. They told Sister Jean to go back home. That's right. (laughs) They did. Um, I admit I did not pick Ohio State. I did pick Loyola Chicago. You know, I didn't either because... I I just didn't trust Ohio State a whole Accurate. lot all season just yeah. because right. they've it's weird they've been showing up against good teams and then they just completely mm-hmm. just not show up against bad teams and I, I just didn't have a ton of faith in them and considering how good of a program that Loyola Chicago is are always kind of the underdogs and they always show that they're one of the better teams in the tournament I thought that this was going to be an easy upset pick but I was wrong right that was my whole thought process too um Ohio State will play Villanova later on today so hopefully I think if we play a consistent um a consistent game of offense we'll we'll be able to hang with Villanova but easier said than done for us absolutely four seed Illinois squeaked by 13 seed Chattanooga uh we got to see T.O. with the game that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, eight seed UNC, or UNC rather, beat one seed Baylor, mm-hmm. which Brackets. I didn't think was going to happen, 
But I only had Baylor going one more round anyway. So I had Baylor in my final four. Mm. So I don't I really believe wanna, I did too. I don't want to <laughs> talk about it just yet. <laughs> right. Um, obviously, Baylor came into the tournament unhealthy. Uh, LJ Cryer, Everyday John, both mm-hmm. hurts. Uh, didn't think they'd lose this early, but well, here we are. Yeah. Probably the most depressing thing for me the team up north uh, beat three seed Tennessee, Ooh, who I yeah. thought could have been a number one seed. Oh, they definitely could have. But, you know, apparently, what do I know, right? Uh, Juwan Howard, every single year he's played in March Madness, whether it's been as a player or a coach, has made the Elite Eight. Mm. And if they win one more game, they'll be there. And they will play the winner of Ohio State and Nova. So now, now I'm, like, more invested in Ohio State beating Nova because mm-hmm. our record against the team up north this year is 1-1. One one. We won in their home. They won in ours. Let's get the rubber match going. Let's get that that back in blood for our football team. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's really destroy Michigan on the biggest stage <laughs> of them all. March right. Madness, totally different sport. Then do it again. Our football team's <laughs> yeah, coming why back. Not? Right. Let's let's no, just do it all over. November again. can't get here soon enough. Guys. Absolutely. <laughs> um. So let's go ahead and talk about all of our brackets. So as I do mentioned, we have to. <laughs> unfortunately, yes. Uh. As I mentioned, Kentucky, they really did me dirty losing so early. I had them going to my Final Four. And I had South Dakota State actually making my Sweet 16. But they lost to Providence, who is now in the Sweet 16, who I had losing in the first round. I picked Davidson. Everybody else in my bracket picked Michigan State. So mm-hmm. that's that's rad. <laughs> um, real quick, our, our bracket this year is kind of... Um, not exactly what I was hoping for. There's only five people. It's me, Dan, our director, Jake Murren, Logan Congrove, and former sports director here at WZIP, Kyle Molinelli. Um, Michael, did you make a bracket out of KSL? I did. Um, I was very busy over the past four days. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a bracket I made before the entire tournament was even filled out. You know, in the 16 <laughs> seeds are kind of just like still yeah. half and half. Right. So it really... <laughs> Looking back on it, wasn't a fantastic bracket. It was a rush bracket as well. I had Tennessee going pretty far. Mm-hmm. As did they I. are not yeah. anymore. Thanks, Tennessee. Thank yeah, you. thank you very much, Tennessee. Um, I did not anticipate St. Peter's becoming the greatest college basketball <laughs> team of all time. Mm-hmm. I also did not anticipate UNC being able to do what they've done so far. Right. I think I had them losing first round. Mm. So, yeah, it's not looking good for me right. at all. Right. At all. Yeah, me neither. Where we rank out of five, I'm in last place. <laughs> but you know what? If everyone's brackets are trash, then I'm gonna take pride in being the, the most trash. So <laughs> Absolutely. I do have I do have Arizona making it all the way, as I think most people do in our right. tournament. I think Kyle's the only one who doesn't. I think he has Duke making it. Mm-hmm, he does. Which I don't I don't even I have them making the Elite Eight. Yeah, um, I think uh, if they play Texas Tech, I think. But Texas I'm already, Tech will you know, advance. the only I'm, my final four is already fifty percent wrong. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just your, see. What was your final four? Out of curiosity. Okay, I had Baylor mm. and UConn. Um, you had UConn. I thought they were going to be like <laughs> that uh, that team that goes further than people thought, but um, whatever. Arizona uh, and Auburn. So yeah. Uh, Michael, who who are you picking to win it all out of curiosity? Honestly, I don't know anymore, but <laughs> I'm still going with my surprise pick. It's going to be Villanova. Okay. It's going to be, like, mark my words, 
This is the team that always surprises everyone. And you're like, why are they in the Final Four again? Jay Rice just liked that. Mm-hmm. He's really just that guy. That's what I'm seeing here. Villanova's about to win this whole tournament. Everybody's going to say, where did they come from? Well, uh, I hope that Villanova loses later today. I feel today, you. I so. feel you. Unfortunately... Um, for my own ego, <laughs> I'm going to have to root for them against our Ohio State Buckeyes right. just so this pick actually turns out to be right. right. But if it isn't, I still want to see that Ohio State-Michigan battle. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get it back in blood for our football team. Right. Um. Out of curiosity, did any of you guys make any predictions that you thought were like, oh, wow, I picked this, nobody else did? Any Anything like that from any of you guys? Let me look back at this bracket really quick. I've... After I just saw the percentage of it, I just decided to stop examining it. So, <laughs> yeah. Because I, I do have one, but I don't really know if it counts. I, I have Which one. I picked UCLA. Nobody else in my bracket group picked UCLA. Wow, you so did that I feel as like a Akron zip. I did. Wow. I did. I'm disappointed in you, man. I mean, I feel like you guys should expect this from me at this point. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Jeff is an Ohio State fan at heart that just happens to go to the University of Akron. Could yeah, he doesn't care about the Zips. Myself. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I thought it was a terrific game. I was like, wow, they could actually they could pull this off. But I was like, but for the sake of my bracket. Yeah. You're the reason that we on. lost, actually. Because you're sitting <laughs> yeah. there, like, backhanded complimenting these Zips because it's like, yeah, I want you guys to win because I'm a Zip. But my bracket, though, you wanted UCLA to win, and they won. You asked for this, Jeff. So all the blame is all fault. Yes. Yeah, it's all, all your right. fault. All right. Well, Coach Gross, direct all comments to Jeff. Long I apologize Gross. to the uh, Zips fan base then. It's all <laughs> my fault. Um, But, yeah, did you guys make any predictions that nobody else made and you feel really good about? Or is it just me? I don't feel of? good about anything Yeah, anymore. there is not one good feeling that I got. I don't even like the- March Madness. I don't even like sports at all. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we're all depressed, uh, we're going to go ahead on into our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Cavs and March Madness. Or, um, wow. NBA. Words. We're going to talk about the Cavs and the NBA. Let's do it. So stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sports Power Talk on 88.1. My name is Jeff Longville. I am the host of your show today. Joining me are Michael Matthews. Yes, I'm him. Don't ever forget that either. And Dan Grone. Happy spring break, everyone. How could we forget? Michael? I don't know. That's why I'm we? telling you. There's no way you can forget it. Honestly, so unforgettable. Um, last segment, we talked about March Madness. Now we're going to talk about basketball again in our second segment. But it's going to be in the form of the Cavs and the NBA. So, as of late, guys, the Cavs have been slipping, mm-hmm. and they could potentially fall into a playing spot. They will, because there's a team by the Brooklyn Nets that is currently see, I don't, in that spot. I don't like your negative energy here. <laughs> yeah, I really let's, don't let's like not. that. Okay, okay. Let's just see what happens. We shall. Um, back on February 11th, we were tied for the second best record in the East, mm-hmm. and now we currently sit at sixth. Yes. Obviously, um, not being healthy is affecting us. Um, Right now, Jared Allen out with a finger injury. But we haven't really been healthy all year. You look at Colin Sexton out for the season. Yeah. Darius missed some time. Larry Markkinen missed some time. Karis LeVert missed some time. Rondo's been hurt. But, you know, regardless of injury or whatever the situation is, the Cavs are slipping in the standings and very realistically could find themselves in a playing spot. 
Um, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I kind of predicted this. I'm not going to lie to you. you Last did. time I, I was I up here. I do recall. I do recall. And I hate to say it, but like I told you so. And not only that, <laughs> I feel like the Cavs are in a position to slip not even just into a play-in spot, but outside of that as well, uh, if we don't turn, ooh, let's if we don't turn it around, simple as ooh. that. We have to remain healthy, which is not just like, oh, let's just stay healthy. Simple as that. Now yeah. we're all healthy again. But it's it's literally just as simple as understanding. We play a team on Monday that we should be able to beat up on. That team is the Los Angeles Lakers. Yep, mm-hmm. they're a team. Let me just let me go outside and fight this person. They're not going to fight back. Let me just get a quick knockout so I can get back into the groove of fighting. Mm-hmm. That's what you do to the Lakers. It's LeBron's return to Cleveland again. Uh, he's going to lose again. Anyway, I feel like this Cavs team is in a position to fall outside of that playing tournament. It will not happen, but it's very, very possible. I'm not that concerned. Okay. I am very worried about the trajectory we're going in. I don't think we're going to fall outside of a playing spot, but... Yeah, the story of this whole season has been injuries. I don't think we've had a fully healthy roster since, like, week one. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's something that's kind of beyond our control. We can't heal Jarrett Allen's uh, finger any faster. Um, it seems unlikely that Sexton will return come playoff time. But if we could get him back, if we could get Allen back, who's really our best player, our best all-around player at least, mm-hmm. um, that'd be really crucial. But we just... Have to keep winning games. We picked up a really important one versus the uh, Nuggets. Uh, we, for some reason, we've been doing bad against the Pistons all year, but we found a way to beat them, and now we play a winnable game against the Lakers uh, tomorrow. So yeah. we really got to get back on track. Right. Um, so the current play-in picture, the Raptors are at 7, the Nets are at 8, the Hornets are at 9, and the Hawks are at 10. Mm-hmm. So theoretically, if we were to fall into one of those play-in spots... What are the expectations for the Cavs? I think if we fall into a play-in spot, we're going to meet up with the Hornets or Hawks. Mm -hmm. We are capable of beating them. I agree. We're capable of beating them. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we end up in a spot where, say, the Nets just don't figure it out somehow, some way. They're going to. Say they don't. And first round, we have a healthy Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant. Mm Mm-hmm. It was nice while it lasted. <laughs> it's not happening. And and I love the Cavs. Like, everybody here's a Cavs fan. We all want the Cavs to succeed. You're not betting on them, even if it's a single elimination game, against the Brooklyn Nets. Right. Simple yeah. as that. Right. So I think even the Raptors scare me a little bit. They have the ability to beat us. They've done it before. And I just don't want this Cavs team to run into anyone other than the Hawks or Hornets, to be honest with you, if we're in that playing spot. I would agree. I think that this could be used as an advantage to us because we may be falling right now, but if we do end up having to play like the Hawks or the Hornets or something, and assuming Jared Allen will be back in time, I think that that could be a very, very winnable game right there. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's it all depends on who who we get back from injury. Mm Mm-hmm. I believe that we can beat three teams in the play-in. Really? That one team that we can't beat is the, the Brooklyn Nets. Yes. And I think even if Ben Simmons doesn't come back in time, I think, and if Kyrie plays, I think if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are both on the floor against us, it's game over. Yeah. In a one-game scenario, I think that they 
hold the upper hand in that in that situation and we'll lose. I do think that you know if it's a higher playing seed, we'd have another chance to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. and we could win that game. But I don't think we can beat the Nets. And it's 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 scary because you know what Durant's going to do. Kyrie's always like a question mark. Uh, he just came off of a 60-point game not too long ago. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Kyrie right now right. if I'm the cat. Right. I don't want to be standing across the court from him. Right. And they have this guy who used to be an all-star that the entire world turned on by the name of Ben Simmons coming back with uh, some revenge. Even when mind. he touched the ball at that Sixers game, everybody was just letting him have it. Yeah. So I don't want to see an angry NBA all-star player on the court. Yeah. Their return. I don't want the example to be made on on me. I, rem- I remember um, a couple of years ago, the Sixers were playing the Nets in mm-hmm. a playoff series, and um, the Nets fan base was saying that Ben Simmons um, isn't very good, can't shoot, and then he came in that next game and just went off. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. An angry Ben Simmons is not what I want to see at all. Face. At all, with like almost a year of rest and just commitment to his craft, I just don't want to see. I don't want him to prove he can now shoot on me. Basically, right. yeah, right. Like he's do that on somebody else. He's definitely a better fit there than he was in yes. Philadelphia, and I think that he'll he can definitely reach that potential that he had. Literally, the only thing holding the Brooklyn Nets back is whether or not Kyrie Irving can play in home games because he's not vaccinated. Right. The only thing holding the Nets back is his vaccination status. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They're a very capable team. They should be top three in the East. He just can't play without it. So mm-hmm. yeah. he can attend the games and sit, you know, courtside, though. Yeah, that was... Which that was maskless odd. and all. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. He can, he can be in the building, but he cannot touch that ball. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense to me. At all. Well, let's shift to a bit more a bit more positive topic. Um, the Cavs did beat the Nuggets a couple nights ago, 119 to 116 in overtime. At one point, we were down by 14 in the fourth quarter, but we fought back, forced overtime, and got the win. Uh, what did you guys think from the Nuggets game? I, I was really impressed by our play in the second half, especially um, with Jared Allen being out. We see a lot of guys stepping up, mm-hmm. especially Lowry Markkinen. Mm-hmm. He was really, he's one of the best uh, three-point shooting bigs in the entire league, I think. Mm-hmm. And so having him step up, having uh, Karis LeVert really kind of showing what he's capable of, I'm really impressed by him as well. He plays all over the floor. He's really a difference maker for this team, even though it doesn't go very noticed on the stat line. Um, I was just very impressed with our defense, uh, despite Jokic having... What was it? Thirty-two points or so. Mm-hmm. Too it's, many. It but it it also seemed like at the end we did a really good job of defending him, and it didn't seem like that stat line was quite as 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 big as it was. I feel right. like we did a good job at defending him at the end, forcing him to shoot from the three, and uh, ultimately forced overtime and took advantage of that and walked away with a much needed win. You know, Jeff, it was nice to see you get some run in that Nuggets game as well. <laughs> uh, was it six minutes? You got out there. Like uh, like if you guys don't know, Jeff looks very similar to Dylan Windler on I the Cavs. Like he really does. I, do. so, I think that you guys never should put the two all two chip together. in and buy me a Dylan Windler jersey because I can't buy my own jersey. Right? That's true. So that, that would be kind of weird if you buy your own jersey. Right. But you get some of the percentage of that. Like NBA players get a percentage. And it's true. Do we want an authentic 
Jersey, or we just like go over to China? Like, can I get one for like twenty five bucks? Or you guys could just hand make me one. Mm. Any of you guys know how to sew? No, not really. Uh, that'd be cool if you did. At least not enough to make a full NBA jersey. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, it doesn't have to look exactly alike as long as it has you know Windler on it. It's fine. Windler, 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 and the Cavs Windler logo. Nine, yeah. That's all I need. Just like print off sheets of paper and just put it on a white t-shirt for <laughs> right, you. Right, right. Uh, but this Nuggets game, I think it was very interesting. I will say, if Evan Mobley does not win Rookie of the Year, I'm never watching the NBA ever again. Ever again. I agree. He deserves it. I agree. And Scotty Barnes does not like that. Anyway. No, Scotty Barnes can't make an uncontested floater. Right. Just off game. that alone, you should be eliminated from contention. Right. Because I can do that. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, you could do it after or before six attempts. I can do it at least on the fourth attempt. Right. At least on the fourth attempt. At least. Attempt. There you go, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Evan Mobley played out of his mind. Kevin Love, no comment. Uh, I'm just not a Kevin Love guy. He did his thing. That's all I'll say. Kevin hate. Kevin hate. Uh, so uh, I will say Darius Garland, it's so nice to see him back on the court. Mm-hmm. There was this confidence that the Cavs play with whenever he's handling the ball. Yeah. And it was so nice to just see that continue to happen. With Lamar Stevens getting significant minutes because of injuries, Isaac Okoro still playing, you know, very, very long portions of the game. Offensively, the contribution is not nearly as much as I feel it should be. Obviously, there's so much more to basketball than offense and scoring. Mm-hmm. But you playing, what is it, 37 minutes and not really filling up any portion of the stat sheet just looks weird to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing when you're out there? Yeah, he definitely has a lot of room to grow on the offensive end. He has to. I think it will happen because mm-hmm. we saw Darius Garland take a huge step up and become the leader that this team really needs. Yeah. And I think that Okoro will definitely improve in that sense. I think, you know, Lamar Stevens getting all that playing time and uh, Jetty sitting on the bench, I think that's an interesting decision as well. I like Lamar Stevens, to be honest with you. I like the energy he plays with. Yeah. And I feel like Coach Bickerstaff has a lot of different sets he can go with out there. And I don't know if he found, without Allen out there, I don't know if he found the best one just yet. Right. So he's he's really testing some of this stuff out. By putting Moses Brown out there too, like you're you're literally just throwing stuff at the wall, seeing if it sticks. Mm-hmm. And luckily, it stuck against the Nuggets. That's right. one thing I will say. Mm-hmm. Really quick, uh, I want to shout out a couple Cavs from the mm-hmm. Nuggets game. Uh, Lowry, thirty-one points, ten rebounds. Evan, twenty-seven points, eleven rebounds. And Darius with twenty-five and fourteen. Good dub for us against Three the Nuggets. Three players with double doubles. That's yeah. right. And then we carried that momentum into yesterday's game against the Pistons. The biggest key to me for this game was not underestimating them because we did it twice already, and we lost both times because of that. And I think at times last night we also did that because the game was pretty close um, throughout. Uh, We only won 113-109, to but still, a wins, a wins, a win. Yes. I said that wrong, but it's okay. What did you guys think about the Pistons game? This game made me realize how much I do not like the Pistons. Mm -hmm. And not only that, they're in a position to be very good soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Sadiq Bey coming off a 50-point game, I was really worried. He dropped 20 on us. That's just not—I didn't think that was in his character, to be honest with you. He's like that out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. 40. 40 points. 
40. Jeremy Grant was able to go to Detroit and become an all-star caliber player. Mm-hmm. And he proves that almost nightly. Right. It's scary to me to think about Jeremy Grant being the difference maker in a game like this. Luckily, we still put out the W. I'm not going to lie to you. I hate whenever I see Kelly Olynyk on the court. As so, well, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, we all do. Just some PTSD there. Yeah, it makes me uh, mad. Something fierce. Yes. Kelly Olynyk. please don't play. Anyway. I wish him nothing but mildly bad things. Yes. <laughs> just inconvenient things. I hope, like, you stub your toe when you wake up. I don't want right, you to get yeah. injured or anything, but, you know. I hope every light he comes across turns red right when he pulls up. Absolutely. And stays red for 60 whole seconds. I hope every His flight. His shoe just always comes on time. I hope every flight he's ever on gets delayed. Simple as that. Yes. Oh, hold on a minute. I can tell you from experience that, uh, well, not the delay part, but waiting in an airport for a long amount of time is not a mild thing. I don't know. It's not mild. It depends. It depends on where you're going yeah. and coming from. I, and if I it's had, Florida, then that's pretty bad. So I had, um, on the way back home, I had two three-hour layovers. Mm. One from Spokane to Chicago. Okay. And one from Chicago to Cleveland. I don't want to be in an airport for a very long time after that. <laughs> that's fair. Not that's fair. Fun. I feel like it depends on the airport. Maybe I've never been to Detroit's airport. Right. I don't know how, because it is Detroit. I don't know. I don't really know how it is. Uh, So I hope he stays at Detroit's airport for as long as he needs to stay. Uh, So this this game kind of showed me the team aspect of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, you have, who was it, Garland with 24 points, but everyone really contributed. We had a lot of people in double figures Mm -hmm. scoring for this game. This was a team win, a team effort against two very good players on the Pistons right? and Jeremy yeah. Grant and Sadiq Bay. And I just want to really quickly touch on the Pistons because you said something that I believed for a while. Like, the Pistons are not a good team yet, mm-hmm. but they have the pieces to be a very good team. Yeah, they are not a talentless team. Right. Um, Jeremy Grant, like we talked about. Um, Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay. Like, these are some really talented basketball players, and the more time they get playing together, they're just going to get better and better. Yeah. And they're going to have a bad or a good pick again since they're a bad team record-wise. That's right. So they're going to continue to get such great young talent. Mm-hmm. Eventually, the pieces are going to come together. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eventually. And then somehow, some way, they're going to convince somebody to come live in Detroit and play for the Pistons <laughs> from free agency. Yeah. And uh, kind of like what you were saying, Jeff, you just can't underestimate the Pistons right now because the pieces are there. It just all kind of has to mesh, kind of like what we've seen with the Cavs for the last couple of years. We haven't been a talentless team. Right. It's just it hasn't come together, and then suddenly it clicked, and I think that's going to happen soon with the Pistons. But really the biggest takeaway I have from this game was our contributions from the bench. Mm-hmm. Kevin Love, 14 points. Chetty Osmond, 16 points. They just came alive at the end to completely ice any comeback that the Pistons had. Mm-hmm. The Cavs will play the Lakers on Monday Easy at win. Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I'm going to be torn. I think I'm going to switch jerseys every quarter. Wow. Between uh, LeBron and my city. Why don't you just jersey? wear, like, do you have a LeBron Cavs jersey? I do yeah, not. Yeah, just meet in the middle. What? You don't have not. a LeBron Cavs jersey? No, see, I wanted to get one, but I knew he was going to leave. I see. So I, I see. I, I see. You know. I still have the, uh, actually, I just bought one a couple months ago. It was a... Uh, 2000s, like the the wine ones from the uh, 2003 to 2010 yeah. era. Mm-hmm. Those things look so cool, and I wish the Cavs would go back to those. But yeah, yeah that's my Cavs slash LeBron jersey. I have 
too many LeBron jerseys to admit right. over the airways right now. <laughs> I do want to get one for each team he played for. So, like, two for the Cavs, obviously, because different jersey eras. Yeah. One for Miami as well. So, uh, we'll see what happens with that. It's a W for the Cavs. It yeah, should be. It should be. It, it should really be. should be. The Lakers are not a good team. I, I would expect LeBron to have a good game because he's coming home. But other yeah. than that. They did have a good win against uh, Toronto. The, yeah, the Raptors. And they lost to the Wizards the night after. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. never know what to expect. That's Lakers from. basketball for you. <laughs> Moving on to the NBA as a whole. Um, we are approaching the end of the regular season. So let's go ahead and talk about some of the awards that will be handed out. Uh, let's start with the most important, MVP. There are three candidates, in my opinion. Uh, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets, who is currently averaging 26 points, 14 rebounds, which is second in the NBA, and eight, rebound, or eight assists per game, and is first in PER, and he has his team at sixth in the West. Up next, Joel Embiid. 30 points a game, which is first, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 3rd in PER, and his team is 2nd in the East. And then 3rd is Giannis at 29.8 points per game, which is 3rd, 12 rebounds, which is 5th, 6 assists, and 2nd in PER, and his team is 3rd in the East. So, all three of these candidates are 1st, 2nd, and 3rd in PER. Mm -hmm. Who do you guys have winning the MVP? One of these three, somebody else, and why? I have Joel Embiid. Okay. I think that he's kind of the front runner at this point. I think Jokic is a close second. And I actually have a dark horse that I don't think is going to make it, but I think he's definitely worth considering, and that's John Moran. Mm, okay. I think that he's okay. very – he might be one of the most valuable to his team. Right. Um, but I think that Joel Embiid definitely is going to end up winning that race, and rightfully so. I feel like they're going to give it to Jokic again. And – What's really funny is I wanted DeRozan to continue to stay in this MVP race. You know, injuries and all of that. DeRozan was there he towards was. the beginning of the season. Like He was surprisingly probably top three. Mm -hmm. So now he's fallen back. Even somebody like Steph Curry has fallen back, who actually just got injured not too long ago. I think you're going to see someone like a John Morant continue to make that push. But when we talk about final three... We know for a fact it's going to be Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. Yep. Mm. So for me, I, I was on the Embiid train as well, but I think James Harden coming over might take away yeah. from Embiid a little bit. Yeah, I could see that. So my pick is for Jokic to repeat. Mm -hmm. I think the only thing that could hold him back is that the Nuggets are sixth in the West. But you look at him, he's second in the league in rebounding, and he's first in PER. I don't really know how, you know, that doesn't correlate to. Right. MVP. But we'll see what happens. Moving on, Defensive Player of the Year. Another really close race, in my opinion. I have two guys, Giannis and Rudy Gobert. Giannis is averaging 10 defensive rebounds a game, 1.1 steals, and 1.4 blocks. Rudy, 11 defensive rebounds, 0.7 steals, 2.2 blocks. Do you guys have one of these guys or somebody else? And why? I have both of those in my race. I think that Rudy Gobert is always a safe prediction mm -hmm. because he's always winning it, always in that race. But I think Giannis is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. He's quietly having an MVP caliber season. Mm -hmm. I think that he's not being talked about as much right. just because there's a, just a lot more competition than there was last year, I think. And we're used to Giannis just being like that. That's right. Giannis it's, now. it's kind of expected yeah. now. So. I have Giannis, but I could definitely see Gobert getting it too. 
I have Gobert winning it. Uh, the person I feel like is going to be third in that race is actually Draymond Green. I agree. Draymond Green is always going to be in this conversation, especially because... Not. I know, I know. <laughs> especially because the Warriors, at the beginning of the season, they were really, really just, you know, going crazy in that Western Conference. They're still up there. You know, I don't know how long Steph Curry's going to be out. I believe they're going to reevaluate him in a couple weeks. But in that time, I think Draymond and the rest of the team are going to slip a little bit, so that might hurt his chances. Right. But I still feel like he'll be top three. At the end of the day, I do feel like Rudy, uh, Rudy Gobert gets another Defensive Player of the Year trophy. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think Draymond has just missed too much time mm-hmm. when uh, Defensive Player of the Year. And I have Gobert as well. But I do think that voter fatigue could play a factor because this would be his fourth in five years. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there, though. Rookie of the Year. Do we have to even? No. It's no. Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. Evan no Mobley. question. 15 With points per game while shooting 50% from the floor, 2.6 assists, 8.4 rebounds, nearly a steal, and 1.7 blocks per game. It's Evan Mobley. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this rookie class is really impressive, mm-hmm. which just goes to show that Evan Mobley is more most deserving just because he's able to outshine all these talented right. rookies. Right. Uh, six man, again... In my mind, not really a competition. It's not. I have Tyler Hero. Yes, I agree. 21 points per game, four assists, five rebounds, shooting 40% from three. Most improved player. This is interesting to me. I have two guys. Okay. One is our very own Darius Garland. Yep. First time All-Star. Went from averaging 17 points last year to 21. Six assists to 8.5. Two rebounds to 3.4. The other guy who I believe is going to win... Is John Morant? I don't know. I feel like John was kind of already up there. I feel I would, like you I would could, have to agree. You could say that, but I looked at the stats. He was also a first-time All-Star and an All-Star starter mm-hmm. in the All-Star game. Went from 19 points to 27.6. Seven assists to 6.7, so did fall back there a little bit, but really pick it up in scoring. Um, four rebounds to 5.7. Went from shooting 45% to 49 uh, and then from 3, 30% to 34. Knowing the NBA voters, they often don't put somebody so close to the MVP race in something like most improved. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make much sense because you can be most improved and most valuable. Yeah. I feel like most improved to me is someone who has just not figured it out and all of a sudden they have. John Morant had it figured out. He just needed to increase the volume of that. I would agree. For me, my most improved player, I think they're going to pick is Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think Miles Bridges is the epitome of having the talent but not knowing how to use it. This year, he literally learned for the first time how to become that scorer on this on that Hornets team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's what a what a NBA voted most improved player looks like, Miles Bridges. I think that he's probably the favorite to win that. I would have to agree with you, but for the sake of being a Cavs homer, I gotta go with DG. Mm. (laughs) We like to see it. Actually, no, I take that back. We love love to see it. it. All-star Darius Garland. All-star Darius Garland. Yeah, uh, most improved to me is probably the most interesting. Uh, We all got different picks, so we'll see what happens. And last but not least, coach of the year, I got J.B. Bakerstaff. We won also have, 22 games yeah. last year. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. I said I also have our very own J.B. Bickerstaff. Nice, nice. We won 22 games last year. We currently have 40 and counting. And we're in a position to end a three-year playoff drought. I think that Monty Williams is also a candidate. He has mm-hmm. the best record in the league. And then Taylor Jenkins as well. 
Um, they made the playoffs last year with the play-in, but now currently they have the second-best record in the NBA. Michael, who do you got? I like the bigger staff pick. I don't feel it's going to happen. And the reason behind that is I feel we're going to fall. Okay. I don't see a world where you give a play-in team a Coach of the Year award. Simple as that. I don't feel like you've really been outstanding at that point. You are literally the bare, not bare minimum, but you're like above average. Mm-hmm. When I think of Coach of the yeah. Year, and I think what's going to give Monty Williams Coach of the Year is the fact he didn't win it last season. If you remember, Tom Thibodeau won that because how bad the Knicks have been in recent history, and all of a sudden they were not anymore, so they gave it to him. And now Monty Williams, and now they're bad again. <laughs> Welcome back to the, to the NBA New York Knicks. Right. So I think Monty Williams not receiving it last year was a pity win for the Knicks. Now he's proven it back-to-back years that he's capable of coaching the best team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They're going to give him coach of the year. So what if the Cavs do actually get a real playoff spot? Would that change your mind at all? I think after seeing what happened with the Knicks last season, the voters would be able to kind of picture, do we reward this one person for just randomly getting this team back to success? Or do we reward somebody who has proven back-to-back now they're capable of doing this? I think the whole New York Knicks situation is going to ruin J.B. Bickerstaff's potential coach of the year win. Right, I, I don't hate that, but I do think that Bickerstaff is definitely deserving because he transformed a 19-20 win team into being a playoff team, really. Absolutely, but you and, could say the Bulls coach would be able to do to win this award as well. The Bulls were not good for the past, what, six years. Now they're back. The Cavs were just well, all of a finals. sudden they got all that talent on them all at once. I mean, the Cavs they have slowly kind of built that up, and now all of a sudden it is right there. It's and I've always liked Bickerstaff. I thought it was a good hire or interim hire, really. Mm-hmm. After uh, Beeline uh, was removed, forgot about Beeline. I'm not going to lie to you. Totally forgot he was a coach. Let's, for like let's, let's, let's keep that. You know, let's, yeah. yeah, keep that away from us. Executive so. of the year is going to the Bulls GM. Let's say that. Coach of the year That's, is, I'd say, yeah, yeah. is is for developing. No, actually, his can we give it to Rob Polinka? No, he he deserves he... to lose his job. How about that? <laughs> Rob Polinka looks like Rob Lowe. He does. Changed my mind. <laughs> um, with that, we're gonna head into our next break. When we come back, we're gonna finish up talking about the NBA and then head into the NFL. So stay tuned. WZIP Akron, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sports Power Talk right here on 88.1. My name is Jeff Longville. I am joined by Michael Matthews. You don't even have to keep saying it at this point. <laughs> they, they literally know. They can just they can just sense who's on Sports Power Talk. That's today. right. I'm just going to refer to you as the GOAT from yes. now on. Or him. Him also or him. works. All right. Kevin All right. Yes. <laughs> Many aliases. And, of course, Dan Grohn. Good afternoon, y'all. All right. So let's go ahead and touch on the um, updated... NBA playoff standings. Currently, you look at the East. Unfortunately, the Miami Heat are the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Clinched their division. Yeah, already. we don't we don't like to see that at all. We don't. Um, the Sixers are the two seed. The Bucks are the three seed. Celtics at four. Bulls at five. Our very own Cleveland Cavaliers at six. Raptors seven. Nets eight. Hornets nine. And Hawks ten. Rounding out the play-in. Mm-hmm. You look at the West. Phoenix Suns number one. 
Memphis Grizzlies number two, Warriors number three, Jazz four, Mavericks five, Nuggets six, the Minnesota Timberwolves at seven, yeah, Los Angeles Clippers at eight, <sighs> Lakers mm-hmm. are nine, and the New Orleans Pelicans rounding out the play-in at ten. What are your guys's conference championship predictions for this year out of curiosity it really depends on for me in the east where the nets finish mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what side of the bracket are they going to be on because if they're on the same side as the heat that's going to change the conference completely right if they see heat second round or even first round it's not going to be it's not going to be a pretty sight for the rest of the east right so for me i feel like the bucks find their way again in the conference championship just from being on the right side of the conference. I think the Sixers are a team that exit very early. Really? I feel like James Harden does what James Harden does in the playoffs, which is nothing. So I'm going to I'm gonna make a prediction of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets in the okay. conference finals once again. Okay. Interesting. I have the Miami Heat going up against... The Sixers. Mm, interesting. Um, okay. I think that Miami is really the team to beat. They have easily the best all-around roster, very deep. I can definitely see the Bucks making it back because kind of like what I was saying earlier, they've been like very quietly doing very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I could even see them beating the Sixers, but I think that that James Harden trade is definitely going to benefit benefit all sides of it. And so the Nets, they could very well make it. They can, like you said, depending on which side they fall on. But I I don't know. I just have a, a good feeling about the Sixers going all the way. I've right. seen what Durant is capable of doing in the playoffs. I see what Kyrie's doing, whether it be for our Cavs or for some, some other team, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, this, for me, all comes down to not only what side the Nets fall on, but who they have on their team. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to see Durant in a seven-game series, nor Kyrie, and I don't want that vengeance season of Ben Simmons either. If Ben Simmons come, comes back fully healthy, fully motivated, fully capable of doing what he's proven he's able to do in order to become an NBA All-Star, that's a super team. Right. And they have depth on top of that. Mm-hmm. That's a scary sight. If Kyrie's able to play all seven games instead of just three or four of them, it's not going to be an easy series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only way the Nets don't don't get all the way to the conference finals, they get hurt. And they're capable of doing that because right. they've done it in the past. Right. Michael, I agree with you. Um, I think if you get Ben Simmons and Kyrie able to play very good basketball for the duration of the playoffs, they could be there. Yeah. But for me, there's just too much uncertainty around that. So I wasn't confident in picking them. I have three possible contenders okay. right now. I have Miami, obviously. I have Milwaukee. And I do have Philadelphia because I think if they continue to impress in the playoffs like they like they have been in the regular season, they could be there. But again, you know, you brought up the whole James Harden yeah. thing. Is he going to actually play like James Harden in the playoffs? You know, we will see. I do think that both moves in that Ben Simmons, um, James Harden trade were moves for next year mm-hmm. instead of this year. But the Sixers have impressed me um, as of late. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm more confident in saying the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks are my Eastern Conference. That's my Eastern Conference championship matchup. It would just be, to me, if if 
the Bucks end up on the same side as the Heat. Right. I feel like the Bucks might do the same thing. Not not sweeping the Heat, but they might get that That'd victory be over cool, them. Though. Back to back, <laughs> like it would last, be crazy. Like yeah, would. I think if the Bucks see the Heat again, they beat them. And the Heat are probably the most capable team of stopping Giannis just mm-hmm. because they have the manpower to do such a thing, right. which is not easy to do. But I just feel like like Dan keeps like he continues to say the Bucks are a surprisingly really good team, mm-hmm. like they're a sneaky team. Right. I think come playoff time when they start hitting all their threes again, it's gonna get ugly. Mm-hmm. Then you have to decide: Am I gonna double team Giannis? So let me just leave anybody open for three. It's not gonna work it, unless they don't hit their shots. It's just not gonna work for you. Right, and um, I'm in sh- I'm interested in seeing what Brooke Lopez comes back yeah. um, in the playoffs after missing so much time. Um, so let's go to the West. Who do you guys have in your Western Conference Championship matchup? I think the Suns are the easy pick. Yep, okay. I agree. Suns are a lock. Without a doubt, the Suns are going to be there. I have a surprising pick that's on the other side. It's actually the Utah Jazz. Wow. Interesting. I say wow because I have the exact same as you. <laughs> really? Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, I have the Utah Jazz. I feel like they're a team that has been trying to get over this hump for the past five years. Yeah. And I feel like they're going to run into a Western Conference playoffs that might have a injured team that they have to face in back-to-back rounds. So that might be first and second round. They're just going to have to be opportune. Right. I feel like they're going to fall into a Western Conference Finals appearance. They're not going to win, but they will fall into that Finals appearance. I I would have to agree with you 100%. The Suns are, without a doubt, they're a lock there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really theirs to lose. I have the the Jazz making it because for as impressed as I am with the Grizzlies, they just don't have quite the depth, the all-around talent, nor do they have the experience. Yeah, all that's not there yet. And also with Golden State, I would have had them getting there, but the biggest, obviously the biggest issue with that is now that Steph Curry's injured yeah. for, uh, indefinitely. And so I think that they're out of the race at this point, this late in the season. You can't, you know, you can't lose someone as good as Steph Curry. Absolutely. And so I think that the Utah is the next best team among all those other teams. I think that they will be a team that will impress a lot of people, and I think that they're going to give Phoenix a run for their money. I feel like a team that has another disappointing playoffs in the West is the Dallas Mavericks again. Yeah. Well, you know, if Luka didn't have to carry, yeah. you know. If he just had, like, a, another go-to guy, just right. one, right. maybe oh. it would be a different Let's scenario. blame it on Luka like everyone likes to blame <laughs> all the star players when they're the one carrying their team and they can't make it all the way. Yeah, it's all his fault. There's some um, there's some pent up frustration inside you, isn't there? Yeah, for <laughs> I sure. Feel it. Yeah. So for me, I do have the Suns in there. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty obvious. I think that maybe a team like the Nuggets could end up making a deep run if they end up running into teams that are too young or yeah, injured. I can see that. Um, however, I hate to break this to you guys. If the Golden State Warriors mm. are healthy, they're, they're going to be this. there. Yeah. Like, I'm, I know that Steph is hurt right now, but let's be honest. If they're healthy, they will be there. They haven't made the playoffs in two years, but their core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond is still there. They have a great coach, great young talent, great depth. I wouldn't say great they will coach. Be there. I wouldn't say great coach. Okay, but, like, come on now. He's, he is okay. Five finals appearances. Okay, so Ty Lue's a great coach? 
Well, okay. He's a good on. coach. Hold on, hold on, hold on. LeBron was the coach of that team. Yes. It's not Tyloo. <laughs> so if Steve Kerr was able to get to the finals with a team, surprisingly, get to the finals with a team with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, that's all on him. Okay, but hold on. Look at the way that he has molded these young players that weren't a part of the core when he got there. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you the emergence of Juan Toscano-Anderson. I'll give you that. I'll give you Andrew Wiggins being an all-star. I'll give you that. But An all-star starter for that. Yeah, an all-star starter. <laughs> that was bogus, add. but... Yeah, it was but. very bogus. Uh, I'll give you all of those, but to say this is a great coach from, you know, numerous years of success, I feel like he literally was just riding the coattails of whatever the Golden State Warriors... He just happened to fall into that job, basically. Mark Jackson could have... If he wanted to, if they would have wanted him, he might still be the coach of that team. I don't know if they get five finals appearance. I don't know if Kevin Durant even comes to the Warriors if Mark Jackson is there. But I think almost every NBA coach was capable of taking that team to the finals. I'm going to disagree with you. I do think that, obviously, having the right pieces does help Kerr. But I think I think Kerr is a good coach. I think he has a good coaching staff. Mike Brown? No comment. <laughs> no comment. So, um, looking at um, potential finals matchups, mm-hmm. who do you guys have? For me, it's going to be a rematch of last season. It's going to be Suns and Bucks in okay. the finals. This time, the Phoenix Suns get it done. All right. I can live with that. Okay. Um, I have the Phoenix Suns also making it there mm-hmm. in the East. I'd rather be wrong on this. Uh, for personal reasons, but I think that Miami will probably make it. And I will say, in that matchup, I would say Suns and Six. Okay. So I I also feel more comfortable picking Miami than Milwaukee. That's fair. Um, So I have them. And I really need them to not win because then I have to buy a Miami Heat jersey. As I did make a bet with Logan Congrove, our lone Heat fan up here. It's not going to be a Max Schuess jersey like he keeps saying. It's not going to be that. (laughs) But I don't have to worry about it because it's not going to happen. Because yeah. the champion's coming out of the West no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think that, again, if Golden State is healthy, they will be there. There's no reason to debate it. But if they're not, I will take the Phoenix Suns. And I'll have the Phoenix Suns beating the Miami Heat. So you have a healthy Golden State team beating the Phoenix Suns. I do. That's crazy to me. <laughs> Why is why is that crazy? I think the Phoenix Suns have so easily proven this year that they are the best team in the NBA, without a doubt. And I feel like it's, what's crazy is it's kind of quiet, too. They're very quietly the best team in the NBA. I feel like if the Lakers are here, that's all we're hearing. Right. If the Lakers yeah. are number one in the West and number one in the NBA, that's the only thing we're talking about. All two hours of the show would be, is LeBron going to get another ring? Mm-hmm. All two hours. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Suns losing to a team that might not even get to the conference finals. I'm, I'd am i be willing to bet, if it was legal in the state of Ohio, a large sum of money on the Suns getting to the finals over yeah. anybody in this Western Conference. I mean, I definitely think they could. I guess maybe it was a bit too harsh for me to say there's no reason to debate it. I guess I'll, I'll take, I'll I take could, that part back. I could definitely see it happening, but... I would have to say the Suns are, even even with the healthy Warriors, yeah. I would say the Suns are favored. Okay. Well, I hope you guys are right, because I don't need Golden State winning another no, ring. No, no, please, so, no. No. We'll I, I already hate sports. I don't need to hit them anymore. <laughs> 
It's facts. It's facts. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you know, it's the Phoenix Suns over Golden State or Miami holding up that Larry Larry O'Brien trophy. Yes. yes. So also last night, um, we had a change in the all-time scoring list. LeBron James is now the second all-time leading scorer Mm -hmm. in NBA history. He passed Karl Malone. Um, now sits 1,459 points away until he passes, or ties, rather, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for first place. What are you guys' thoughts on LeBron James reaching yet another milestone? Uh, continue to rack those up. They're going to be very beneficial the next time I have to have a debate about who's the greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to say he's the second all-time scorer now. Carl uh, Malone, who's not a friend of the show, I'm very happy he was passed. <laughs> Uh, why do you hate Carmelo? Malone? Yeah, I, why is I mean, he not a friend I, I of the show? Think yeah, I, know I, why, I feel but... like I'm not able okay, to talk right, about why. Fair, I'm that's, not... fair. <laughs> that's fair. So, uh, Carmelo, Malone, once again, not a friend of the show whatsoever. LeBron James is. So, I'm very happy he moved to second all time. I feel like it would be very fitting for the top three players of all time to have worn a Lakers jersey at least once. Mm-hmm. People forget yep. Carmelo Malone was a Laker as well because he didn't do that's anything true. on there. That's true. Right. Um, it's going to be a top Ten with like six different Lakers players, right? It just yeah. speaks to Kareem, LeBron, uh, Kobe, Shaq, yeah, Wilt. I believe so. Mm-hmm. You know, it it it's going to speak to how dominant this franchise has been over the inception of the NBA. That's that's amazing. Even though we don't think of LeBron as a Laker, right. you know, when he retires, we're not going to say Lakers legend LeBron James. This is a Cavalier legend, right? But still, I mean, he's what thirty eight now, still putting up fifty points, absolutely carrying to them to their thirty wins that they have. <laughs> you know what? A storybook ending. Lakers are playing, or actually, no, he leaves L A. He comes back to Cleveland, right? That's right after the uh, the Browns, excuse me, the Cavs draft <laughs> Bronny. LeBron gets a lob from his son to pass Kareem on the all-time scoring list. That'd be amazing. That would be amazing. movie. I just don't know if we'll be in a position to draft Bronny. To be honest with you, I don't know if Bronny's that good. So (laughs) I don't think he's going to be a number one pick. Right, but I I think that his status status of being LeBron's And I just hope people don't expect him to be the next LeBron. I don't think he'll go number one. I don't know if he's a lottery pick. Ooh, okay. Which is important. Like, if you remember, Dwayne Wade's son is in the G League right now just because he's Dwayne Wade's son. He's not good enough to play in the NBA. If he was, he'd be on the team right now. If he was, he'd be in college getting drafted, being in March Madness, all of that. He's not good enough. He's literally just Dwayne Wade's son. So we overhype these NBA players' kids because we want that second coming. LeBron James Jr. might be good enough to make the NBA. I don't know if he's LeBron James. Though. No, and I hope people don't hold him to that standard. Right. But there's no there's no other option. He will be held to that standard. Yeah. Probably, it's just yeah. literally he holds his yeah. name. Um, Heading back to LeBron, the, the, the better LeBron. Okay. Um, it just really speaks to his greatness because he's a pass-first player. Mm-hmm. That's what and they always say. He's going to be the all-time leading scorer when it's all said and done. He's yep. going to end up with probably 40,000 points scored, 10,000 assists, 10,000 rebounds. This is a generational type of player. We're going to have to tell our children about LeBron James one day. Mm-hmm. When they're talking to us about uh, 
Kyrie Irving Jr. <laughs> We're be like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, you you no. had to see you had to see who his dad used to play with. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to be our generation's like goat. Even yeah, though he's just he's, legal. He's not, he's just yeah, I was legal. about to say. I was about to say. But yeah. he's going to be our generation's, oh, you think he's good? You should have seen LeBron play. Yeah. Oh, LeBron could have beat him in a, you know, like we we literally are going to be that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what was it like to see a LeBron James play? Well, sit down, son. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> Three hours later after we talk about how we came back from 3-1, you know, it's, it's going to be his 30 for 30 or his documentary that he has on him going to be at least like 25 hours long i'm gonna watch every single second yes of it. consecutively yep. too mm-hmm. yeah i don't need sleep no not at all um yeah lebron james greatest basketball player of all time facts enough said let's go ahead and switch to the nfl mm. so obviously some really big news concerning the cleveland browns sean watson is now a cleveland brown officially mm-hmm there were reports that he was going to head to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's changed his mind. Yeah. And said, actually, I want to go play in Cleveland. The Browns gave up three first-round picks along with two additional picks. And they signed him to a five-year, $230 million contract. Fully All of it guaranteed. guaranteed. The biggest guaranteed amount in NFL history. Very yeah. interesting. Do you guys have an issue with the contract at all? Kind of. And I think it's important to note the timeline of all of this happening. Right, yeah. This whole week has just been unreal. Just, I'm still trying to make sense of it. Absolutely. So having Deshaun Watson meet with the Browns, meet with the Falcons, the Saints, the Carolina Panthers, all of that. After we are told, or even before then, Baker, you know, tweets out that post where he's saying, Cleveland, I've given you everything I have and all of that. Mm-hmm. Deshaun then says, no, I'm good on Cleveland. Cleveland's not out of the race. Baker is then reportedly demanding a trade. The Browns say, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to keep him. Even though they said they were going to move on from him regardless. Literally. And now they're like, uh, hey, yeah, we were just joking. Uh, can you be our quarterback next year? So after the He's Browns. Silly us. After the Browns say, oh, just kidding. Like, it's a psych, prank, bro. <laughs> you know, it's a prank, bro. April Fool's. Yeah, April so Fool's mad, March. Bro. So. Now Baker's like, no, I still don't want to play here because you've imagine you go to work and your boss says, hey, don't be alarmed, but we are interviewing for your position right now. He might not get it. He might get it. So just keep that in mind. We might ask you to leave in a couple yeah, of hours. You, you might no longer work here very soon. Anyway, go ahead and start your day. Personally, I'm not working nearly as hard. I'm probably not working at all. I'm probably just going home. Right. Anyway. I think the whole issue with the with the contract situation was Baker says, I still want to trade. I think the Browns then get very desperate and they hit Deshaun Watson up and say, hey, literally anything you want, name it. Yeah, we have to have you. That was the only thing they had left to do because they already burnt that bridge with Baker. They couldn't go back. So it's either it's either you get him and deal with his baggage or you have to. You completely burn a bunch of bridges and let a lot of players go for Jimmy G, who is just as good when it's all said and done as Baker Mayfield is. I think Baker has higher upside. Jimmy G is more consistent. But that was your best case scenario if you didn't get Watson. Otherwise, what are you going to do? Get Marcus Mariota? Yeah. Get Jordan Love? Well, some people believe that he can be a difference maker. Yeah, I mean. Shout out Pat Weber. 
Right. You we know, love the, the guy that. the guy who can't beat the most average quarterback in the league in Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I just don't like. It's like people are running Baker out of Cleveland saying, oh, we need to be in win-now mode. And then right when you, we burn that bridge, it, it, people are like, oh, well, we can settle with uh, Marcus Mariota. Yeah. I like, think the whole thing of, oh, let's try Derek Carr, too. Like, it's it's literally just trying to find anything that might be somewhat better than Baker. Yeah, and now Baker is, surprise, surprise, getting more hate and trash for now he's, uh, the, the reports came out this morning that he was going to sit out for the season if yeah. they didn't trade him, which, yeah. I mean, what what would you expect? I don't blame him. No. I mean, there something tells me that there's probably something that we don't know about that happened in the locker room that made all this happen all at once. Because where were the Browns, if they were so desperate to trade away Baker Mayfield, get rid of a lot of the chemistry that we built, where were we in the Russell Wilson sweepstakes? Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I feel like something had to have happened that made all this happen out of nowhere but i don't want to form any sort of make any assumptions and form any sort of conclusions that i'm not aware of so as far as i know i still support baker i think he will be very successful no matter where he goes and before we go to break i really want to give him a huge thanks for everything he's done you know, in the most likely event that he's listening to 88.1 WZIP <laughs> right now, the greatest sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. I just want to tell you, Baker, thank you for everything you've done. I'm wearing your jersey right now. I was at my first, very first Browns game was when you made that debut against the Jets mm-hmm. on Thursday Night Football. The atmosphere completely changed right as soon as he walked onto that field. He led us to our first win in two years. And the whole city, the whole vibe, we just came alive again. And there was just this sense of hope that us Browns fans haven't had in a long time. And when you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers with everything, with all the COVID, all the injuries, everything that happened, and you left Big Ben sitting on the bench crying Crying. his heart out, no matter what happens, even if every bridge is burnt here in Cleveland between you and and the Browns, and even if you end up being a bust, even if you're not as good as we thought we are, I will appreciate you and thank you for everything that you've done. And best of luck to wherever you go. Absolutely. Uh, I, I do feel this is a moment where the saying of you either live long enough, you either die a villain or live long die enough. Die a hero or Excuse live long me. enough. Yes, that's what I want to say. <laughs> you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And I feel like... Baker was exposed to Cleveland Browns fans for the first time. And Cleveland Browns fans have a history of wanting to hate things that don't need to be hated. And just because we're used to being mediocre, we're right. used to being bad. So subconsciously, we want to be bad. It's like, I, I always thought of it as, you know, you you grow up really poor. And then somehow you win like a million dollars. And you think you can buy all these mansions and and you know, Ferraris and yachts and everything, but you don't realize that that million dollars is so short. And so yeah. now you're ungrateful, you know? I, I, Absolutely. I don't know if that analogy makes sense. No, but. it does. I feel like the Browns fans were just ready, just ready to completely turn on Baker. And I'm not going to lie to you, you know, a couple of those games, I felt I was almost there too. Uh, there were a couple games where it's like, what's the decision-making? This is just not the play of a quarterback that is is capable of winning a Super Bowl. 
at the same time, I understand how detrimental it is to someone's ability to perform if you don't show them any type of support whatsoever, yet still expect Or when you have one shoulder, which people don't like to uh, acknowledge, but whatever. At the same time, I do feel like as a football fan, I have nothing wrong with us getting a quarterback I assume to be better than Baker Mayfield. I agree. The only issue I have with this entire ordeal is a moral one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I have a lot to say about that. I don't know if we want to cut to break before right, yeah, then. Yeah, I was but. just about to say, uh, we're going to go ahead and cut to our final break. When we come back, we'll continue to touch on the Deshaun Watson um, incident and then also on more NFL free agency. So stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our fourth and final segment right here on Sports Power Talk on 88.1. My name is Jeff Longville. Joining me is him. Him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael Matthews, if you don't know. You already know. Yeah, but everybody, everybody knows. Yes, everybody absolutely. Knows. And Dan Groan. Why'd you say yo. it like that? I was yeah. trying to think of something to say, but <laughs> all I could say is yo. <laughs> say, say it like what? I'm He's like Dan Groan. Because I'm just some other guy. I'm not you. I'm not him. Right. I'm just some guy. So, obviously, Deshaun Watson faces 22 civil suits right now for sexual harassment slash assault, um, which could lead to him missing time in the form of a suspension at some point. Um, does that? I'm sure it does, but uh, could you guys explain how that kind of concerns you with Deshaun Watson? It's it's a very thin line to walk, so I'm definitely going to be careful of how I word things. And before I give my opinion, I just want to. This isn't some sort of like promoted thing. This is just coming from me. Uh, if you're a victim of any form of sexual abuse, there are plenty of resources out there available. You can contact the University of Akron's Rape Crisis Center at 330-434-7273. It's 100% confidential and available 24-7. You can also call the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center at 216-619-6192. Uh, they've actually already taken over a thousand donations. I don't know if you saw that since the trade went down. Yeah. So Very if you'd nice. like to donate, you can also visit clevelandraperisis.org. Um, and so going back to my take on this, from a football perspective, for as much as I really liked Baker and thought that he could have worked out, and I think that we really should have given him one more chance because I think he will be successful. Ultimately, if Andrew Barry and company thought that we needed an upgrade, I will trust him. Because let's look at what he's done since he came here. He came in here with a team that underperforms, had a lot of good weapons, but what was the worst thing about that team? It was the offensive line. Mm-hmm. So what did he do? He went out, he signed Jack Conklin. He drafted Dredgick Wills in the first round. He brought in Bill Callahan to be the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly... We have one of the worst offensive lines and now one of the two, now one of the best ones in football. Next year, we have a very lackluster defense. So what do we do? We upgrade the defense at a lot of levels. We bring in Jadavian Clowney, uh, John Johnson, Troy Hill. We draft JOK and Greg Newsom. And even though it was a slow start, our defense became one of the best in the league. Yeah. And I think they will pick up from where they left off. So if Andrew Barry sees that the quarterback situation is a weakness then I will trust his judgment in saying, all right, then we can bring in an elite quarterback because you can question Baker Mayfield. 
Deshaun Watson, there's no questioning he is elite. He is a top five quarterback. Yeah. I just hate the baggage that comes with him. Mm-hmm. And the biggest right. question is, from a football perspective, how long is he going to be suspended? Is he just going to get a slap on the wrist and be out for two to four games? Is he going to be out for half a season? Is he going to be out the entire season? We'll see how this whole situation plays out at a civil level. Right. You know, and I don't want to form any, like, huge opinions on the guy. But to me, it just doesn't make much sense to say that, you. oh, we need an adult at quarterback. We don't need you, Baker Mayfield. But, that but adult, we can bring that. You know, is in serious legal exactly. you know, trouble right now. Yeah. What makes Baker not the adult here? Is it because he tweets a lot? So I don't want people to be trashing Baker's character when turning around and supporting Deshaun Watson throughout this whole thing. Right. So this is going to be, I'm going to make sure I pick my words very carefully. Like I said before our break, you know, I I don't have an issue with this trade as a football fan. I feel like he's a better quarterback. I want a good quarterback. Yeah, there's no question he's a better quarterback. Morally, here's where the problem lies. I feel... Is it really a good idea to almost reward someone who has just been cleared of 22 cases involving sexual misconduct with the most money ever guaranteed in NFL history? Is that what standard is that setting Mm -hmm. for this league that is already it's already terrible? Yeah, that they don't take these allegations. Yeah. They do not take these allegations very seriously. They've proven this. If you remember, I'm not going to touch on this very long, but if you remember Ray Rice, there was a moment where he was suspended for two games because there was a report of him having a domestic dispute with his wife or fiance at the time. So the NFL reviewed the footage. They said, you know, it's two games. The footage leaked out to the public. We all saw how egregious of an act it was. Yeah, it was disgusting. People started to call for Ray Rice to be not only suspended and kicked out of the NFL, but jailed and imprisoned for a very long time, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Then the NFL said, oh, maybe we shouldn't suspend him two games. Maybe we should suspend him a little bit more. So this is a league, this is literally a league who has shown us numerous times they do not take these assault allegations serious enough. This is a league where that is acceptable, Yeah, but you can't do drugs that pretty much don't even, like, you know. Not even performance like, enhancing. Yeah, like, that shouldn't be, you know, uh, uh, penalized, because if anything, you're hurting yourself if you're doing that. Or using FanDuel. Calvin Ridley, out for the whole season. So that's where the issue lies for me, suspension. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing I will say, even though I am a Browns fan, if a player that is on my team does not deserve to be in the NFL, they should not be in the NFL. Simple as that. So I do think, you know, we're looking at Calvin Ridley, who was just suspended an entire season for spending a total of $1,500 betting. What do you suspend someone who has just beaten... 22 cases not even that I feel like just the allegations themselves people have been suspended just for being just allegedly doing something right Mm -hmm. when 22 times it has been alleged you have been charged with these these things you were not convicted because it is one thing that I think people don't get right is that in a lot of those cases it's hard to have hard evidence that would prove beyond reasonable doubt to convict someone at a criminal level like Absolutely. That. So it's just morally, like I continue to say, for a league who has already proven that they do not uh, 
accept these allegations and take them nearly as serious as they should, as a court of law would. Mm-hmm. You just suspended someone for an entire year for a total of $1,500 in quote-unquote damages they've caused to the team. How long do you suspend someone who has been a- accused of doing something involving misconduct sexually in this league? How long can you justify s- suspending them versus someone who bet 1500 bucks? Right. Um, and for me, in all seriousness... Um, Obviously, this is a very delicate situation, so I also am going to very carefully um, monitor how I say this. But um, obviously, with Deshaun Watson being having the attention around him that's not centered around football, mm-hmm. I think that it could be a distraction for him throughout, you know, however long it proceeds. I do think it could end in suspension. Um, I think it will ultimately. How, yeah, probably. No matter how long it is, right. it's going to be something. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. Um, and I just hope that whoever, everything is justified in favor of who is the victim, whether right. that's Deshaun Watson or not. I just hope that the right person is justified throughout all of this. I feel like it's impossible to to have a suspension less than what was given to someone for for gambling because personally i can't i'm not you know the final judgment maker or anything but what i'm saying is personally i don't equip i don't i don't associate gambling being worse than what deshaun watson has been accused of Mm -hmm. so if now you decide oh that's not as bad so i don't need to suspend him more than a year or an entire season justify that thought process to me. I understand this is just alleged. Nothing has been, he has not been convicted of anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I do try to err on the side of caution as well. I don't feel often too many people have the same thing to say about the same person and it not be somewhat true. I can't prove that. It's not a fact. Yeah. But I just, I, I do feel like it's a thin line that the NFL is going to have to cross and they might have to set an example. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they're setting one even by not setting that example, if that makes any sense. They're and, they're constantly setting that standard. Yeah. And they've proven that it's not nearly as strong as it should be. Yeah. And then kind of going back to what I was saying, like going back to the Browns, you know, if they're taking such a huge gamble on this guy, they're paying mm-hmm. him all this money knowing that there's this huge cloud looming over him that could, who knows how long he's going to be suspended. What was Baker Mayfield doing that made them just want to throw all that out there? Did they really think that he was not the guy to lead the team? Or was there, like I said, is there something that we don't know about that happened to that locker room that made the coaching staff and players turn on him? Because I, all these players now are on Deshaun Watson. They're, they're, they want to play with Watson. Yeah. Blandry literally is saying, release me if you don't want to pay me. You're trading for Watson now. Mm, maybe I can come right, back. And right. he was also looking at the teams that Watson was exploring before yeah. he decided to come here. Mm-hmm. So for so me, what does that say? I, I genuinely don't know for a fact, but I will say I, I, I feel like they damaged their relationship with Baker beyond repair. And once they realized that they were going to do whatever it took to land Deshaun Watson and they did yeah. that. And that, that really changes the entire, just 
the entire culture of the Browns. Absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of Browns fans who are not Browns fans anymore. They yeah. don't want to support this team when they have some guy who's being, you know, accused of this stuff. Again, we don't know for sure, and I don't want to make any assumptions or conclusions. Um, but it's just, you know, you put all the chips on the table. You put all this money at him knowing his baggage, and that just completely changes how people are going to look at us. It's a it's a very tough situation. It's hard to be a Browns fan for more reasons than one. This it is, is not a football related issue. This is some a moral... things are way bigger bigger than football. Absolutely, and and some people don't see it that way. They're just like, oh, good quarterback, we're good. Yeah, right. everyone is just overjoyed and like you know, jumping in celebration. And I was just like, I was just indifferent because I know how good Deshaun Watson is. It's mm-hmm. just I don't want to have to support this guy, you know, years after years of trashing Steelers fans for, you know, yeah. supporting Big Ben through all of his allegations when our guy has 11 times that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it just does, does not sit well. I'm not going to denounce my Browns fandom because I don't think the actions of one guy define how I perceive Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, right. Denzel Ward. I will still support them and wish them nothing but success, but it's just going to be very unsettling knowing that our success is likely going to come from Deshaun Watson being at quarterback. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit. Um, so now that the Browns do have Deshaun Watson, what exactly are the expectations for the Browns? Because, again, they brought in, you know, Amari Cooper. You know, now he and Deshaun are going to be playing quarterback and receiver together. What are the expectations for the Browns going forward? They need to do what they can to bring back to Davian Clowney or someone make a big splash on that defensive line because they cleared up a lot of cap space and they're continuing to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, also by trading away Case Keenum for a seventh round pick and bringing in Jacoby Brissett, who's more of Watson's uh, play, uh, play style. So mm-hmm. I think he'll be a solid backup. Um, they also need to do whatever they can to bolster that wide receiver room, whether that's was, was Will Fuller traded? To I thought I saw he was traded to the Titans, but no, 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 no. That was that was Robert Woods. Yeah. yeah, Will Fuller. He could be a good addition. Try to bring back Landry and just add more depth to it in the draft. I don't mm-hmm. know if, to be honest with you, I don't know if I'd really want Landry back. I feel like by trading, by eventually trading Baker Mayfield, by getting rid of you know Austin Hooper. You know, there's a certain culture. There's a certain chemistry that came with the Browns. Yeah. Jarvis Landry was a part of that culture that started with Baker Mayfield as well. I don't know if you want to continuously bring... If you're doing out with the old and with the new, why do you keep bringing in the old with the new? Like, don't mix them together. Because I think Jarvis Landry is probably the best option there is out in the market right now. At that um, point, that's... For me, it, it shows to me the Browns' lack of foresight they were all in on Deshaun and they let all these other people go then they were proven that they couldn't get him and they just started just getting random stuff then they actually got him now everybody's gone you've wasted your time at this point the only way you can acquire a good wide receiver outside of like a Julio Jones has been released Mm -hmm. the only way you can acquire a good wide receiver or somebody to play on the offense would be through trade so at this point do you do you pull a Los Angeles Rams and just start trading every pick you have, every player you have. I think that they are—they've proven that they're definitely in win-now mode. Have I mean, be. they're also playing for the future because why else would you give Watson all that Five money? Years, yeah. Um, 
So definitely in win-now mode. So I think they're going to do whatever they can to try to bring back Landry or some good, really good wide receiver because we definitely still need more of those. Uh, Amari Cooper can't do it all. But assuming that we do upgrade more positions of need, I think the Browns, and again, this is all depending on Watson's uh, suspension status. Mm -hmm. If he's out for a couple games, I think the Browns make the playoffs, and I think they're favorites to win Mm -hmm. the division. But if he's out for like half the season, wild card is probably our best bet. Yeah, it really depends how many games is Jacoby Brissett going to be our starting quarterback. Simple as that. I think he's and a he's shown he's shown he's been really good in yeah. India a couple years he's, ago. He's literally taken them to the playoffs at one point. There's a time where he and Philip Rivers were battling for their starting quarterback job, and Indy's been rumored to be interested in Baker as well. Uh, I, I do feel Deshaun Watson being signed to the Browns has also really boosted someone like a Lamar Jackson or any quarterback, any young quarterback that's going to be looking for an extension very soon. They're going to want a specific amount of money and it guaranteed as well. Because mm-hmm. if he can get it, coming off what he just did, and I've proven to you just last season what I'm capable of with no allegations, let me get it too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a very, very tough conference because the AFC is just beyond loaded now. Absolutely. Right. And the Steelers, once again, are the worst team <laughs> as far as quarterback go. Hey, Steelers fans, we don't care about your MVP. No. I said it. <laughs> And that will actually tie into what are around the Ruiz this week. Uh, the question is, will the Browns make the playoffs this year? Um, the poll will be released uh, right after we get off air, so make sure you guys check that out and uh, give us your votes. Moving on to some more NFL free agency. This depresses Dan and I to an extent yep. for different reasons. Devontae Adams is now a Las Vegas Raider. Yeah. He left. Dan's Green Bay Packers and is joining the same division as my Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. along with Chandler Jones mm-hmm. as well. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones being Las Vegas Raiders? I cannot wait to see Devontae Adams get overthrown at least six <laughs> times a game by Derek Carr. That's then what I hope realize, yeah. Then realize how great he had it in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. I think what's so interesting about Devontae no longer being a Packer is it was reported they were willing to give him the same amount of money. He just didn't want to play there anymore. Mm. And he this was after knowing Rodgers was coming back. He's not retiring. He's signed for multiple years now. He's committed to Green Bay. So that, that last dance post that they posted a year ago, when we thought that that meant it was going to be both their last seasons in Green Bay, it turns out that meant... It was their last season together. Yeah, it was sad. I mean, that's very sad. And I don't so know. now, Green Bay Packers' best receiver is what? Alan Lazard. Adam, yeah, Lazard, literally. Aaron Rodgers is gonna have to throw to himself. I'm very long. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's gonna be tough. At that point, I'm reconsidering my, you know, retirement if I'm Aaron. <laughs> yeah, because you've taken my number one threat away. That's how we got this far. They, that's how I became MVP. Right. They better get Chris Olave in the draft. I'm just praying that they do. Mm-hmm. Have to. Um. Another free agent move. J.C. Jackson is now a Los Angeles Charger. Mm-hmm. Why is the AFC North AFC West just getting sacked? I don't that, like this. The fact that the Raiders might be the worst team in that division, that just says a lot because they added a lot of talent. The Chargers are now that defense. All like They have Khalil Mack now. Mm-hmm. They have J.C. Jackson, already good secondary. Mm-hmm. 
it's just unbelievable how talented that division is going to be, considering that their third and fourth best team or their their worst team out there probably could be a division winner in, I'd say, three or four other divisions. Yeah. Right. It's going to be tough. That that Russell Wilson to Denver changes the entire oh, yeah. landscape yeah. as well. I think that's going to be, for Monday Night Football's sake, which has just been announced with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman now, that's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, they're off Fox now, but, but uh, now we get them on, on Monday ESPN. Night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know ESPN, are, they're going to use them a lot. So I do feel like this AFC West is going to be very interesting. I don't know if Russell Wilson is going to have that great of a season compared to the teams also in that division as well. I think that's honestly a fair statement because now every single team in this division has to have two good tackles because mm-hmm. both the, or all of these teams have two really good edge rushers. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Allen Robinson is now a Los Angeles Ram. I wanted that. I really wanted that in Cleveland. I'm not going to lie to mm-hmm. you. I felt like that's, I did just, too. that's just what I... I thought he'd be a great number two yeah. opposite of Amari Cooper. And then you have Donovan Peoples-Jones as, as your third guy. Yeah. But I was kind of surprised by it in a way. Um, what does this mean for Odell? I think he'll... I don't even know what that means. Does I mean, he he's, in our way? He's, he's basically almost out for the entire season. Oh, yeah, true. Point, so it doesn't even matter. He could retire if he well, wanted to. They they did cut Robert Woods, so I think they will bring Odell back. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of Robert Woods, he is now a Tennessee Titan, and all they had to give up was a sixth-round pick. That's crazy. Must be nice. Must yeah. be very cool. I would have liked him. If that's all it took to get yeah. him, I would have liked him on the Browns, too. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I kind of get it because Woods is also coming off the ACL. ACL injury. But I think a sixth-round pick, if Woods is healthy, that's going to be a steal. Yeah, um, low-risk, high-reward. Right. Vaughn Miller is now a Buffalo Bill. I really thought he was going to come back home that, to Denver. Yeah, that but, was very surprising to me. What was the deal? Six years? Six years, $120 million. Wow. I'm happy, was... I'm happy for him because he's going to a contender. But the six years to me is... A bit much. I don't know if he's going to play too, another six years. Because he has kind of declined. He's not like that super premier pass rusher that he is. He's still very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely benefited from having Aaron Donald on that line. But I was really surprised he went to the Bills. I thought he was either going to stay in L.A. or more likely return home to Denver. I thought they were running it back, to be honest with you. I thought L.A. was, you know, after especially. Run it back. You know, they just gave right? Stafford a huge extension, too. Like, they are prepared to do the same thing again, but they just don't have the staff for it now. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll be 39 once his deal expires. Yeah. So, I don't I There's don't no way he plays all six 39. in Buffalo. Yeah. Like, no. No. And last but not least, Juju Smith-Schuster is now a Kansas City Chief. Corvette, Corvette. <laughs> Dan, you, you uh, mentioned this off air. You thought that... The amount of TikToks being made. If there was an award for best, well, maybe not best, but most TikToks being made on a team, <laughs> it would have to go to him and Jackson Mahomes. Right. Uh, I actually think that this could be good for Juju because if you remember, Patrick Mahomes told his brother and his wife to not come to any more games mm-hmm. because they were too much of a distraction. I think that Mahomes will be able to get um, Juju to focus more on football instead of doing... Fortnite victory royale dances yeah. on TikTok. So yeah. we'll and see dancing that on logos right sure, before yeah. you're about to get blown out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So Juju will be teaming up with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCall Hardman, 
again, my life is uh, very difficult. As Josh Gordon's my favorite team. That's right. My favorite team plays. Why do I always forget West. he's still around? Right. He's still here with us. Well, he hasn't really done a whole lot, you know, no, in recent years. So maybe that's. Still, I'm surprised he's like actually still employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, AFC West is, in my mind, the best division in football. No question. And yeah. unfortunately, Denver plays in that, so that's fantastic. <laughs> And that is going to do it for this edition of Sports Power Talk. We touched on March Madness, the Cavs, the NBA, the Browns, the NFL. Do um, you guys have any final thoughts for today? I wish you the best of luck, Baker Mayfield. And I can finally say this again, I think. Super Bowl, Super Browns. Absolutely. Uh, my final thoughts. Sign Lauren Christian Jackson, any team in the NBA, you will not regret it. Also, make sure to listen to McFadden and Matthews in the morning, every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. right here on WZIP. I think it was a great show today, guys. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, for me, uh, go Arizona. All I really want to do mm-hmm. is win my March That's Madness That's my bracket. only hope now. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing you and I can, can hope for. <laughs> um, and that is going to do it. Uh, we will see you guys same time, same place next week right here on 88.1. Peace out.